Pokémon. go to bed on time and you shouldn't do drugs <laughs> like oh, damn. turns out guys turns out we have to have our bodies last four times longer than this then i'm planning or at least three and a half well shall we start mm-hmm. hello everybody hello <laughs> i was swallowing my alcohol he was swallowing my cum. beer what is our beer golden it's spike golden spike golden it's spike. a utah beer a utah brewery right? yes yes and it's a utah grocery store beer so it's like you know zero percent alcohol uh, we're not sponsored by them, so I don't even know if we should be saying this or if we can. I don't know. We said it. I, we've talked about cooks before. Too late. Yeah. Yeah. What are they going to do? Come after us? Well, I don't know. As I hear yeah, like I a fucking knock on my door. Yeah. So if you're a lawyer out there and you know how it works, slide into our DMs. Well, because I think it's like, I don't know. Like if you promote something, if you're promoting something and you're it's being paid up by them. You, them. Yeah, but maybe they don't want to be. And, and yeah, and then the other side of that, what you just said is like, I don't. Or maybe they don't want our brand to be associated want, with us. Yeah, exactly. Because they're like, so oh, they our brand, we don't like with our, people who say cunts and like the and buttholes. Yeah, <laughs> and that type of brand, they're always looking for like the adventurers, like yeah. And we're like over here talking about y'all bike a lot sex. and we go camping. Yeah, there but like go. I wouldn't classify us as adventurers. We were sitting in my living or my we're meeting room drinking champagne. Guys. <laughs> we're we're oh my god haven't you read like any tinder or grinder bio we all love hiking <laughs> we all love camping and we all love kayaking and just going outdoors i'm a white girl but i we love do it, adventuring. like twice a year <laughs> i have to say i'm guilty for that though when i created my first tinder in 2013 uh-huh. i literally wrote down I'm, I'm down i'm always down for an adventure yeah and like 18 uh-huh. year old channel i even thought i'm like what is an adventure to me and i was like Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Post. Down. Post. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I agree. So anyways, everyone, welcome to Anyways is Your Sex Did we Life. say who we are? No, we haven't even Kay. introduced ourselves You yet. go. This is Anyways Has Your Sex Life. It's your absolute favorite true crime and supernatural podcast. I am yeah. your true crime whore. My name is Channa. And I'm your supernatural slut, Corey. Yeah, he's a fucking slut. Yeah. And usually Simona Toulouse are around our kitties they're not though. but they're not right now toulouse is too stoned we gave him some cat cbd yeah simone is currently cuddling warm blankets y'all he's stoned yeah toulouse is stoned like his black eyes are glazed over yeah he's like two seconds away from door dashing taco bell like he is stoned as hell (laughs) (laughs) but uh so they'll probably make an appearance you'll hear their meows and their jingles and whatnot oh actually speaking of little booty there's toulouse right here hi booze Oh, he's like, I don't know how to jump on a couch. I'm too stoned right now. Yeah, he's like, I'm gone. He's like, one plus one equals 49. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what are numbers? So we're going to start off this podcast with a couple shout outs. I have five shout outs today. Oh, go. Now, yeah. as a reminder for you bitches or for our new listeners, uh, I give a shout out based on whoever in, who either slides into our Instagram DMs, leaves messages, communicates. Oh, hi, Toulouse communicates us on twitter facebook all the good stuff so if you want a shout out all you really need to do is talk to us and 
you know, send us a funny meme or say something funny in the comments and we will give you a shout out or share with your friends and let us know. Can and someone send us a butthole pic? Send us a fucking butthole pic. I just like pic. really want a butthole pic. We know we made it when we get a butthole pic. Like yeah, until right? then, I'm a fucking piece like, of shit. Like I don't shit. even care if you go to 4chan and find somebody else's random butthole pics right? on a thread that's like, I love buttholes. I put buttholes on this thread. <laughs> I don't just, care. Just send us a butthole pic. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, right? That's really. Even if you send us like, a message that just says butthole pick without any butthole pick we'll love that or so, like a drawn butthole pick <laughs> like a very detailed realistic we want to see like the fucking butthole hairs i want like a charcoal like realistic <laughs> drawing of a butthole pick <laughs> i want it like colored with pastels <laughs> Oh my god. So send us a butthole pic or you're not going to get a shout With like out. a little hamster like peeking out. No! <laughs> that's a ch- that's probably animal abuse. Yeah, we this, won't go with that. This could be just dancing around the animal uh, abuse category. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is true. So these five shout outs did not send us butthole pictures. And now I don't even want to give them a shout out anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to anyways. Um, so they're all on Instagram. So the first one is Marie 602 the next one is Hannah with two N's and an H at the end. Rads. Yeah. She called us hot bitches. Oh, and God, yes. It takes one to know one, Hannah, because yeah, you're also Hannah. a hot bitch. Yes. The next one is Mama of Kings 83. This next one is Kish Me, I'm Irish. Oh, that's cute. And the last one is Murder and Such, who you will actually be hearing from pretty soon. They Woot. are a podcast that we're pretty much podcast BFFs with them at this point. Yeah. They're very similar to us, very raunchy, talk about true crime, all that good stuff. Ooh. So uh, we're just they becoming friends send with us them. Picks. So they, murder and such, you should send us a butthole pic mm-hmm. specifically. So those are my motherfucking shout outs. Again, if you want a shout out, send us a butthole pic. That's all it's going to take. Butthole pics. So enough about buttholes. Go to episode <laughs> 15 for that. <laughs> okay, we're going to my faggot fact. Right? Yeah, we are. Okay, I am actually pretty drunk this time. <laughs> I'm like trying to focus. It's really hard. I should stop actually drinking. We've been alcohol. drinking for like two hours. Yeah, y'all. Point. We've been just like catching up and drinking. Okay. It's fine. Setting it down. <laughs> okay. So mine today. Yes, Daddy. Is uh, gay slang. Ooh. Okay, so. We talked about this at work. Yeah, so okay. I've gone through some of these. I went through a post um, of some random website um, and went through like 51 of the, there's like 51 gay slangs. I took out ones that are a little bit derogatory, but the, it was intended to be gay slangs within the gay LGBT queer, you know, whatever you want to say, community. This so is like gay queer, Yeah. So this is like within the queer community, people calling each other. I took out ones that may be a little offensive, but whatever. Just <laughs> fucking deal with it. Okay. This is anyways how there's like yeah, slime. You don't come here for PR. It. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Number one is called angel food. Have you ever heard that? No. Okay, me neither. So it's a homosexual male pilot currently serving in the Air Force. That is very specific. Yeah. No, these are super specific. <laughs> they're like they're fucking gays. a man that's 142 pounds with red hair No. Is oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the leprechaun. <laughs> okay, so number two, basket shopping. Have you ever heard that? I haven't heard that too. No, I okay. haven't. So it's when cruising or checking someone out, it's a British term, and it refers to Hello. examining the object of your affection's private areas through their clothing. So it's a British term when they talk about looking at basically a bulge. Okay, so it's like gray so sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. You're basket shopping, looking at men's gay, gay sweatpants. Well, everyone's guilty or of gay that. gay sweatpants, but they're, they're gray. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Freudian slip. <laughs> They're gay sweatpants. Gay sweatpants. When you put on your gay sweatpants, yeah. like every morning you wake up, you're like straight sweatpants. Whenever a man puts on gray sweatpants, it's gay sweatpants. Yeah, like sorry, yeah. sorry. Jordan has has gray sweatpants. I um, guess that means I'm dating a gay man. Yeah, not a big Jordan, surprise Jordan's to anyone. Gay. Surprise. <laughs> 
So um, number three is a chicken. And I knew this one only because there's a YouTube video where they ask uh, four old gay men uh-huh. uh, like different things or they show them like Ariana Grande music videos and mm. they're like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really fun. It's sort of like the Try Guys. Oh, But they're cool. four okay. old gay men. That's yeah, cool. It's fun. So chicken is a young homosexual male seeking an older men, older men. Um, it's also, it says, it says to also see chicken hawk referring to an older gay male looking for younger partners. So this is basically a chicken is basically a pre, like an old version of a twink. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's just sort of like a sort of a twink, but a twink that's looking for daddies. And then a chicken hawk is a daddy looking for twinks, basically. Cool. That's what's going on. Yeah. So it's like the older terms of that. Interesting. The old school ones. The OG twink is like chicken. Is a chicken. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And, and even in even in the YouTube videos, when they said twink, one of the one of the guys was like, "Oh, a chicken!" Yeah, oh, yeah, it was pretty fun. I I think for whatever reason, twink sounds better to me than chicken. Oh yeah, definitely. Chicken just sounds like I don't know. It doesn't we've sound evolved. Positive. We've evolved. Yeah, we're we've no had, longer chickens. We're twinks. Yeah, we had time. Okay, so the next one is another British term, and okay. it is Plot. um called cottaging. Cottaging. Yeah, right. What do you think it is? I don't know, but it sounds kind of gross to me. Cottaging. <laughs> it's a little gross. There's yeah. no way it's not. No, a hooking gross. up in public restrooms. A bit a British term for hooking up in public restrooms. Cottaging. So cottaging. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. Then number five is fun. It's uh, called Donald Duck. It's a ah! it's a noun. Okay. okay. So it's a homosexual male who is dishonorably dishonorably discharged from the navy for their sexuality. So Donald sure. Duck, he wears a sailor costume. Yeah. So this one might have a little bit of a derogatory um, sort of twist to it mm. because it might be like people calling gay ex-Navy men, you're a Donald Duck or something like that. Oh, okay. Like but you're I, not I, Duck. I feel like yeah. this post was trying to take from from queerdom, like queer terms yeah. that other queers gave each other. Yeah. So um, I don't if it's, it's derogatory, whatever, I don't care. It, it's fun to me because if somebody called me a Donald, if I was in the Navy and then I got discharged for being gay and yeah. someone's like, you're a Donald Duck. I'd be like, that's fun. I yeah. love Donald Duck. <laughs> Let's play Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> so um, a bonus uh, term a is a term. dishonorable discharge. Ew. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's uh, daddy. It's masturbating solo after trying to pick up someone and failing. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> so if you have a dishonorable discharge. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's fun. I, like I think it. every person in the world can relate to that. We've all had level. a dishonorable discharge yeah. before, I'm sure. <laughs> um, next one is an eyeball queen. It's a person who de- derives pleasure from watching others engage in intercourse. Okay, that makes sense. And, when and, you explain it, that makes sense. But yeah. I thought it was going to be eyeball stuff. I was oh, like, no. someone's going to come in someone's eye. Ew, right? Yeah. <laughs> ew, you're like specifically into that. Yeah, I'm like someone specifically. Someone is. is specifically into that. Right now, somewhere in the world, someone has come in their eye. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. Fun Corey fact. The first time I had an orgy, okay. um, there was a, an eyeball queen, but a literal like eyeball drag queen. Oh, really? Watching us. That's and, like, fun. Uh, egging us on all to like. Like, you know, continue She's like, yeah, orgy. fist that butthole. No, I'm seriously, she was literally like, yeah, stroke it. Yeah, get into it. She's like, oh. She oh! literally did all the shit like that. It was so funny. I would like I was with Casey me. and we're like, cool. <laughs> I like, was like, this is my life now. You're like, shit, I'm gay. <laughs> that was my that was my first pride, too. I oh, was like, really? this is my life now. <laughs> oh, you're like, I guess I'm going to have sex with like four other gay men, <laughs> naked men while like. A well, man drag, drag queen. <laughs> it like eggs me on. That's like what you think gay sex is forever. Like your next gay session, you're like I, I your can't gay get sex hard session. unless there's a drag queen in the corner yeah. being like, yes. We've all been there. I agree. It's fine. I've been ruined. That's fine. Well, in I a hope. Perfect I hope that drag queen knows how much of an impact she's had in your life. 
her family name was Star, which is like their last names. And I think there's like drag names where they take up family names in some situations. Mm. So her it was like something and then her last name was Star. Hmm. So I wonder if we'll it, ever like, see her again. You know, yeah. yeah it like loc- locates who she was, mm. I feel. Like I'm next, not super into, into that. Yeah, next year at Pride, we're like dancing and you hear like, oh. They're like, that was me. They're like, Britney Star. You're like, oh. Yeah, and no, she's seriously. Like, yeah, 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 or something Star or something like that. Yeah. That's fun. So um, the next one is that there is something called Gay Valentine's Day. <gasps> yeah. And it is February 15th. Oh, it's yes. the official day of Gay Valentine's Happy Day. Happy almost Valentine's Day, everybody. Yeah, because this Valentine's comes day out the, day the 11th or 12th. Two days for Valentine's Day? Yeah, a few. Valentine's is the 14th. Yeah. So it comes out like... like three days for... It's Valentine's Day week. Um, This comes out the 11th and Valentine's is on the Thursday. So yeah. you have a couple days. So yeah. now if you want to celebrate gay Valentine's Day... Yeah, this is our Valentine's Day episode. It is. Yeah. Love. Hashtag... Love. Love. <laughs> <laughs> so February 15th is the official day of gay Valentine's Day. This is done so homosexual. This is from. This is a literal like quote from Urban Dictionary. Ooh, fun! Yeah, so it says this is done so homosexual couples do not have to surround by breeders <laughs> on the romantic night. Out. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> fucking breeders, fucking straight couples. God, like, I feel victimized, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> We're victimizing Chenna. <laughs> um, uh, uh, number ten, missionary work. It, it's an attempt by a gay man or lesbian to seduce a straight person to seduce a straight person of the same sex. Shit. Missionary work. I think I've heard that before. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then number eleven is a tit king. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> what do you think that is? Uh, that's whatever Jordan is because he loves my titties. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be this a tit king, a lesbian attracted to women with large with large breasts. Oh yeah. So a tit king. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love that shit. Love that's it. a great that's a like great one. That's like my Aren't favorite. Are we all one. titty kings? We're all titty kings. About it. Yeah. Who isn't a titty king? Yeah, at the end of the day, cuz like even gay king. men we're, we don't we're not sexually attracted to, to You to can tits, appreciate a tit though. But they're fun. Yeah. They're like, funny as hell. Like if someone threw boobs in your face, you'd be like this is great. Be like, yeah. <laughs> or like an airplane when the girl shakes her titties. Oh my god. Yeah, she's <laughs> like It's the best one. She's like for no reason. There's literally a shot of her just going. Oh, I don't know. If I like was no scared reason. of an airplane, that's the, my first instinct. I would. I would rub my titties back and forth. Airplane, y'all, go see it. It's a good comedy. Best comedy ever. Well, yay. Okay, so now my spooky yeah, that's my faggot fact. It's over. I love it. Okay, so my spooky scoop today. I am talking about some motherfucking gangsters. Yes. It's what? 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 Um. Da 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 da. Well, yeah. Someone's shaking their head somewhere. I can twerk. Fuck y'all. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I'm going to talk about the 10 of the richest gangsters of all times. Huh? Yeah, motherfucker. That's um, cool. This isn't like, you know, Snoop Dogg. I mean, I guess Snoop Dogg could have been on this list, but he's not. So I guess he's not one of the richest gangsters of all time. Snoop Dogg, you need to step it up. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> You're like, the coolest gangster, so you need to be one of the top He probably 10. is the coolest gangster. Yeah. Okay, so this is in no particular order. I'm just listing them out here. Do it. Um. So the first one is Frank Luke- Lucas. He capitalized off of the heroin trade in the 60s and 70s by using an East Asian connection Same. during Vietnam War. He claimed to what have... What are we doing with our lives? Yeah. <laughs> Why have we not capitalized off of a heroin Here's trade? the deal, Corey. This entire spooky scoop, you're going to be like, we're in the wrong career. We're in the wrong career. Because <laughs> you're like, every person 
is making a bunch of money. Yeah. So this dude, Frank Lucas, is worth well over $52 million on uh. top of a large supply of liquid assets, mainly in heroin. The yeah. next one is a woman. Her Fuck name yeah, is Griselda Blanco. She is known as the Black Widow or the Cocaine Queen of Miami. That's funny. She's known as the Black Widow because her last name is white in Spanish, Blanco. Oh, yeah, that's funny. The Black yeah. Widow, she probably like killed her husband and stuff, like destroys men. Mm-hmm. Something cool. But I like that she's known as the Cocaine Queen of Miami, which coincidentally is not my nickname. But that's I a wish great title. <laughs> right? The she, Cocaine Queen of Miami. She was a drug lord of the Colombian... Um, Med- Medellin cartel, which yeah. is like one of the huge Colombian cartels. Yeah. She made around eighty million dollars a month. Oh, fucking hell! In the seventies and eighties, eighty million dollars a she's month. She's still alive. Uh, probably not. Can I go? S- oh, I Reports go see claim her that her. I haven't looked into these people like specifically, except like what they. She did should become our new deity. Yeah, she is like my goddess. I'm pretty mm. sure. So reports claim that at her peak, she had more than half a billion dollars, like in her bank account, all casual. In the seventies and eighties. So like, imagine what that's worth now. She said she had half a billion dollars in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. 80s. So she's fucking richer than Holy any of us will ever experience in her life. The next one is obviously everyone's favorite, Al Capone. Al Capone. Um, he doesn't need an intro because you already know who he is. Yeah. Um. So he is worth over one hundred million dollars. Um, oh, sorry. He made over a hundred million dollars a year at his prime, and this was during the 1920s. So, so like billions. He owned you. Yeah, like he owned like he's <laughs> in the like future. he's like the motherfucking Bill Gates Holy of gangsters. Shit. So the next one is El Chapo, which again you guys Chapo, most likely know. Yeah, he's one of Mexico's most infamous drug lords. He became rich enough to make Forbes list 100 wealthiest people in the world, <laughs> Holy fuck. as well as their top 60 most powerful people in the world, with his net worth. Of over $5 billion. Oh, God. Yeah. Next one's Italian mobster Fat Tony Salerno. Same. I'm also mm. known as Fat Chana Jones. Yes. Um, so he made over a billion dollars in the 60s and 80s just through drugs. Super casual. Um, the next one was Carlos Later? Letter? I'm going to butcher those yeah, names. Yeah, sure. Um, he was one of the founders of the Colombian Medellin cartel. So again, our cocaine queen. You know, she Yay. was a cartel leader. Sorry, in the background, there is a helicopter. We live next to a hospital. We do. Yeah. So sometimes they're like air rescuing people out. They're like saving lives and shit. No, seriously, we're doing yeah, this. like ski peeps, whatever. <sighs> I wish I was saving. I guess we are saving guys' lives. We're saving you from traffic or boredom. On your way to work, yeah. yeah maybe you're, this is your foreplay. Maybe you're about to go get banged. Who knows? So. Carlos' letter was worth about $2.7 billion. Um, cocaine made him so rich that he, that he owned his own island in the Bahamas. And he yes. even offered to pay um, some of Colombia's debt because he was so rich. Oh, that's so cute. He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like, he wasn't a good guy. <laughs> it's like, he murdered people. <laughs> yeah. Meyer Kansky, he was a mob accountant. So he just was the accountant for a bunch of mobs. And he's on this top 10 list. Yeah, he was Fuck worth over $300 million. Goddamn. Um, so the next one is Joseph Kennedy. Um, he is in one of America's most powerful and in prestigious families the kennedys oh um kennedy was already in the liquor business well before prohibition um, but according to several books and gangsters he became a bootlegger with ties to new york city and chicago um during prohibition um so he was just you know sold everyone their alcohol nice um he was named one of the 20th one of the 20 richest people in america in 1954 by fortune magazine and he had a net worth of around 300 million dollars um, the next one, uh, everyone again knows of Pablo Escobar. He is perhaps the mm. most notorious mm. drug lord of the modern era, 
Forbes magazine named him the seventh richest man of the world with a net worth of $30 billion. God damn. And the last one I'm going to talk about is Amado Carrillo Fuentes. Um, he was the head of the Mexican cartel. He was known as the Lord of the Skies due to his private fleet of planes, including cool. 22 private 727 jet airlines, <laughs> which were used to import cocaine from Colombia to Mexico, <laughs> where it was then smuggled to the U.S. Now, yes. he had an estimated net worth value of $25 billion. So in case you oh, are driving God. to your 9 to 5 job right now and you're barely making ends meet, Think about Stop. going into the drug cartel Turn business. around. Yeah. Sell drugs. Go sell drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we can't say that. Oh, the government's we? like, oh my God. We're joking, but, but go sell drugs. Literally, these people are all worth billions of dollars. So those are the 10 most notorious and richest gangsters that exist. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. We're in the wrong fucking business. Yeah. If you never hear from us so again. if you go to our website, we will sell you cocaine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just go to, like, the merch area. <laughs> And like, click on the special surprise for a hundred dollars. If you DM us and you say <laughs> special surprise, special surprise four twenty blaze it faggot six 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 nine. If you give us six hundred and sixty six dollars and sixty nine cents, we will we will personally send you, send you cocaine. one pound of cocaine. <laughs> Someone's like, it's not even in pounds. <laughs> we're gonna fucking oh, send God, you. We're gonna send you a gallon of cocaine. <laughs> We're gonna get weird how, a bit. That's how we're. That's how good we are. That's I'm gonna give you just it. a mason jar full of yeah. cocaine. We don't use the metric system. Fuck that. <laughs> we're Americans, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> so that is my spooky scoop for y'all for today. Yes. So let's jump into your fucking segment today. Well, yeah. Aren't we doing the thing? What thing? Okay, so we are going to get into Corey's segment right after this word from our fellow podcast BFFs. Yes. My name is Hunter. And I'm Haley. And we're your hosts of Murder and Such, a podcast about true crime, serial killers, and other dark subject matter. Join us while we fill your ear holes with some crappy comedy and disgusting tales. You can now find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and all of your podcatcher services. You can like us on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter at Murder and Such. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Hi, guys. We're back. We just had a quick little pee break <laughs> dance number. God knows what Corey's going to keep it from drunk. the end. <laughs> there is a solid three and a half minutes of Corey not in the room and me silently twerking to music where you could hear me breathing in the background twerking. Oh, my God. So Corey's going to have fun time editing Okay, so y'all, like. We're about to go into my story. Yeah, let's but fucking do it. This is probably the drunkest we've ever been. I don't know how, but it just happened. I think the drunkest we've ever been is when we were drunk off the champagne that one time for like eight and a half hours okay. together. Well, but that didn't happen. That happened like slowly during the podcast. That's true. But now I'm just like, Gah. yeah, this one. I'm like, <laughs> like blah, blah, blah. it's Friday night. It's Friday night. <laughs> we're turning up. It's fine. Okay, so mine today because it is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Within the next three days. I will give you three tragic love stories Ooh. That, are, that are supernatural love stories. <gasps> That's so fun. they're not necessarily super scary or anything like that. So I apologize for that, but eh, whatever. Like, this is fun. Okay, it's We're, different. It's Valentine's Day. It's yeah. a time to be in love. Yeah, yeah, scared. to get swooned. And We're these are actually like, so, some of them are sort of sad, but at the end, like, I will strike your hearts. It'll be good. We'll be good. It's a good spirit swoon. Yeah, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. Okay, so the first one is about Emily's Bridge. So Emily's, Emily's clit. Emily's clit. So <laughs> is located in Stowe, Vermont, S-T-O-W-E, Vermont. 
and stands and it is actually the Goldbrook Bridge that was built in 1844 but is locally known as Emily's Bridge. Okay. So it is known as Emily's Bridge due to the fact that it is haunted by a ghost named Emily. Go the fuck figure. Yeah. Okay. Um so there are two main versions of how Emily died on this bridge. Okay. Yeah. So the first, it is that she was supposed to elope with a lover who she was meeting at the bridge. Aww. And when he didn't show, she, no. this is sad. No. She hung herself from the rafters no. with the rope that she used to tie together the sack of her belongings that she had taken. Yeah, oh it's a little sad. God, that destroys yeah, my it's a little heart sad. and soul. So the other version begins with Emily meeting a man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, that this big, big dick. dick. Sorry, we're, this is the second time we're recording this because, like, it went on for, like, four minutes. This big dick guy just, like, revving his <laughs> Is engine, like, car. right behind our window. God damn. So, Jesus so Emily Christ. meeting – so the new story is Emily <laughs> meeting a man <laughs> – Oh my Emily's God. like, fuck you, Corey. You can't tell my story. <laughs> Emily, I'm sorry that these big dick men are just like so out about their big Classic dicks. Classic men ruining Emily. Right? They like, ruined your shit. life. They ruined, they're ruining this your podcast. Afterlife? Oh my God. <laughs> so they quickly, so Emily quick met a man and quickly fell in love with him. And they planned to marry within the first month of meeting. So the wedding day arrived and Emily went to the church in a beautiful and orthodox red wedding dress but was heartbroken when her husband never arrived. Aw, that's so sad. Yeah, so Emily, stricken with grief, anger, and also embarrassment, she took the family wagon, uh, like a horse-drawn carriage, basically, and rode off. Just like fucking rode off at an intense speed, was just like, I'm getting away from here, fuck everything, fuck this, fuck men, I'm done. She just rode off. What is said to happen is that She's running away, and she had to make this turn at, to get onto this, you know, to, like, get into the fucking bridge. And when she did, it, she sort of, like, turned off, and she fell, you know, just like the, the wagon, you know, left the ground, and she tumbled off of the road into the brook, like the rocky brook, and died. Damn. Like, her and both the horses died. No! So, not the horses! Another slight version of this is that she was meeting her man here. And as she was trying to run away from her family, the same thing happened and she died. So just whatever you want to So there are believe. three different versions, but Basically. long story short, Emily somehow died on this bridge. Yeah. So when she did this, she she died and both her horses died. The reality of this is that there is no written historical evidence that Emily, Emily ever existed. However, the first mention of the bridge being haunted by somebody named Emily came after 1968 when a high school student wrote a paper on the subject claiming that when they were using the Ouija board Ooh. on the bridge, it said that while he or she fucking dated, just say fucking they, bitch. Right. Yeah. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so, was using a Ouija board on the bridge and an entity presented themselves, naming themselves Emily. Emily. Um, other people using Ouija boards have reported that the entity Bye has clothes. identified itself as themselves, as Emily, and said that uh, she was killed on the bridge by her fiance's mother. So, like, there's just some crazy... Damn. Like four or five different stories going on here. Emily's fucked, but all at an expense, like at the expense of a man. Yeah, like, literally at the expense of a man of like just meeting her love and her love not coming, like you know, not living up or to his, his like, part. Mother to killing her. Yeah, she oh. she dies. She either kills herself or she dies in a in basically a the equivalent of a car qu- crash. Horse she dies. Crash. Horse crash. Horse crash. Um, <laughs> so there's strange happenings that happen on this bridge. Says the most distinct paranormal events that happen are between the hours of midnight and 3.30 a.m. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) So, there are strange noises, 
that are heard on the bridge, uh, such as footsteps, ropes tightening, horses galloping and screaming. So like oh, they're like God. you know that when the horses like no. y- horses neigh, but then they also when they're in peril they like sort of screech. Okay, so you've seen the They Shall Not Grow Old. You, you saw yeah. the whole documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hardest part for me, the documentary, like you oh, saw the human suffering, the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But when like you heard the horses making that noise and then they showed you the pictures and videos of the like the slain horses. Yeah. And, like their blood. And, like it was so graphic. Like um, I turn but around. But of the humans. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but like I'm vegan. So. But Chan of the humans. I obviously care more about the horses true, in, this, true. Ex- in this moment. But it's so hard. Like that horse. Well, it's like when you hear a dog yelp. When he's yeah. like, ah! like, oh, God, like that That's just so pulls sad. at your heart because you're like, that dog's in pain. Or like when you step on Toulouse's paw uh, and you're like, I'm, I'm the biggest piece of shit that exists Which in I this almost world. did mm-hmm. coming back into this tent. Same. Instead, I unplugged my mic. So it was worth it, though. I'd rather <laughs> I'd rather ruin this entire episode worth. than step on Toulouse's <laughs> paw. <laughs> so um, also they would hear a girl screaming herself and then also crying and whispering to herself. <gasps> yeah. And what they would hear specifically is through sobs, people have heard her whispering quietly to herself, why didn't he come? <gasps> no! Isn't that so sad? No, so, so sad. sad. So many have also reported around this area seeing a white apparition around the bridge. And like, so within the bridge or around it in the brook, but mostly on standing on top of the bridge. Um, people who have parked their vehicle on the bridge, say that they hear banging noises from oh, Emily hitting the car on the outside or also dragging her feet across <gasps> the top of the car Fuck like that. she's hanging from the rafters. Oh, God. Yeah, that's, that's, that's disturbing. That fucks me up. Yeah. So um, there's also scratch marks that appear on cars, but they're only if they parked there and they're unmistakably made by, by human hands. And also if humans spend the night there or stay there too long, they're scratched. So if they stay within the, oh, like, shit. so this bridge is a covered bridge. It's a wooden bridge, but it also has, like, that covered sort of, like, roof going yeah, across yeah. it. It's very old-timey looking. Okay. Most of these victims are men. But if you stay there within the covered place too long, you get scratched by her. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. So that is Emily's Bridge in Vermont. So, yeah. Shit. Go, Emily. Sorry, Emily, that happened to you. Go, Emily, but also sorry, Emily. Sorry. Fuck men, Emily, for real. Story number two. Here we go. A 19-year-old man visited, so this is titled, The Texas Governor's Mansion. Ooh. So, a 19-year-old man visited the Governor's Mansion when Pendleton Murrah held the office as the final Confederate governor of Texas. So, the final Confederate governor of Texas. So, while there... The man fell in love, this 19-year-old man, he fell in love with the governor's niece and eventually proposed to her. The woman said no, and the man was just, like, fucking, like, crazy brokenhearted. Okay. And he quickly returned to his room, where he later shot himself in the Oof. face. Yeah. This is a very sad Yeah, sorry. This is a little depressing, stories. but, like, love's depressing sometimes, guys. Love's sad. It's fucking Happy sad Valentine's sometimes. Day. We're going to make you fucking Happy sad. Happy fucking Valentine's Day. Go kill yourself. Go kill yourself, Valentine's <laughs> Day. Oh, my God. Please don't. Don't. <laughs> we have enough reasons to that, anyways. <laughs> so, not even a week passed before they began to hear cries and wails of someone sad and tormented coming from the same guest room that that oh man was God. staying in. From the couple websites... Putting this together, it seemed like the maids went up and cleaned up the mess uh-huh. initially. But there was also blood splatter Ugh. on the walls that they cleaned up a few days later. But as they tried to clean up this blood splatter, they would come back the next day and it would be there. 
So, like, no matter how much I like, scrubbed a spot, like, blood Yeah, would like, be it dead. would come there, and it took them, like, multiple days to finally, for it to finally, like, totally dissipate. Damn. Yeah. Um, so, along with the whales and the heartbreak came a loud banging that would wake <gasps> occupants and visitors up in the middle of the night, oh, as well as a single gunshot they would hear <gasps> in the middle of the night. Yeah. So, the <gasps> occupants of this room, like, would hear all this shit going on, and then other people staying in the place would oh, hear this, like, echo throughout the That's place in the horrific. middle of the night. So eventually, people um, stopped wanting to stay in this room, and the maids themselves even stopped. The servants or whatever. They're like, fuck They're this. like, fuck, I'm not going in there. I'm not, not doing this. So they barred oh off the goodness. room. The next governor, Andrew J. Hamilton, sealed up the room, and the happenings were said to have continued well into the 20th century until 1925 when they reopened the room. Jeez. So sometime in the Christ. 1800s, in the 19th century... They barred up the room, and that people would hear this still happening from the room. But they so, just were in it, but they so could still hear it. Yeah, yeah, they were in it, but you'd be like, oh, this barred up room, it is it's occupied by this yeah. man's bad news. Let's not go in. So it, it happened until 1925 when they reopened the room. And then even till this day, they will. it's a little less active, but people who stay in the room, ooh, big dicks are back. Wow, big dicks are back, <laughs> daddy. So... <laughs> People who stay in this room will still hear the like cries of this man to oh, this day. So that's so sad um, and scary. Yeah. So, little side note to this story: there are other ghosts in the governor's mansion of Texas. That's in Austin, guys, because that's the capital of Texas. There's two governors that set that are said to haunt this residence. One is Sam Houston, where where if you are a Texas history buff or you grew up in texas like mm-hmm. i did you know sam houston made he, houston texas or yeah well the, houston is named after sam houston but okay. he basically he led the battle of san jacinto i may be completely wrong on that Someone's but he's like, the one that tried signed the treaty with one of the mexican uh, uh military officials blah 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 blah. blah. Okay. i don't need to go history, into it history, history. sam houston is very important and in that texas is why history. we have a whole okay. entire city named houston based off of him where i am from okay anyways it's fine but yeah He's important as shit. He's important as shit. And if you're from Texas, he's crazy important as shit. Y'all just excuse the big dicks in the background. It's It's insane. I've never heard it like this before. I never heard people rev their engine that much in my life. Like, why are they in Wells Fargo parking garage? I don't know. (laughs) Revving their dicks like this. (laughs) Rubbing their dicks like this. (laughs) They're like masturbating currently while they're (laughs) hitting their gas. (laughs) So one is Sam Houston and the the second governor to haunt this, the governor's mansion, is Pendleton Murrah. So Murrah is said to move freely about the mansion and the surrounding grounds as a dark figure. While Houston, Sam Houston's spirit, says is said to like confine to one room, the one room that is still occupied by his sort of just noteworthy mahogany bed. It's like mm. this huge mahogany bed with a huge bed frame that he is said to be seen in. So one last special spirit that is supposedly this same young man that killed him shot himself. Okay. Um, they claim to see people claim to see a spirit that is said to appear pressed against a window of the mansion. But when they see this spirit pressed against a window, they just see the mouth and his hands visible Ew. with blood pouring out of the mouth and down his hands. <gasps> So the witnesses no, claim no, no. that when they see this spirit or this like entity press itself up against a window, they hear a blood curdling scream. So this is really oh creepy because when God. like when I heard this account, there's a picture that goes with it. So just imagine like looking at a window and all of a sudden you see like a visage of a mouth oh and God. hands with blood pouring out of them nope. pressed up against the window 
And then you, you yourself, nope. just you, hear this blood curdling uh, scream from like right behind you. Fuck that! All it, I know, it's it's a little creepy. We will post that picture in the episode highlight on Instagram. I will. It's it's a good one. Let's do that. It's, it's really. It was a really good like um, visual reference oh, to the story. Up it was this really is. Cool. Happy Valentine's Day. Okay, so the third tragic love story is the big dick energy is the big behind dick. it. That's that is the third tragic. That love is story. like he's trying to make a girl dry hump him right now, and it's not working. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> The last, the last story is called The Lady in Black. In 1920, the rivalry between Henderson State and Owichita Baptist University was big even during that time. So, Joshua was dating a freshman from Owichita whose name is Jane. So, Joshua is from Henderson State and Jane is from the Owichita Baptist University. Jane was a very, a very committed freshman, biology student, and devout Baptist, while John was a senior football player and a Methodist. Oh, okay. So you can see where we're going here. Yeah, yeah. We have conflicting branches of sects of Christianity and also just like a, you know, genuine American rivalry of colleges. So despite heckling from, from friends and family, Jane and Joshua managed to hold their love together until the day came when Joshua finally gave in to his friend's hazing Ended up uh, like from the hazing from him dating a nerd and a Baptist. And then Joshua broke up with Jane right before the annual homecoming dance at Henderson. You bitch. Literally the same fucking day. Ugh. And told her that he was taking a freshman girl from Henderson State with him instead of her. Oh. So they were going out for like months. And then finally he was like, no, you're not coming, bitch. I'm going out with this girl. You fucking asshole. Yeah. So in a state of immense grief. Jane went back to her dorm room at Wichita, put on a black dress and veil, and then ran into the cliffs that uh, that lined the Wichita River, where she plunged herself to her death. Shit. She just, like, literally put on this black veil and dress in a very melodramatic manner, ran out into the Wichita River, these cliffs, and then jumped off of them into the river. So, from that time forward on homecoming night at Henderson... The girl has become known as the Lady in Black as she haunts the campus searching for the ones that made Joshua break up with her. So even almost 100 years later, students have seen her roaming the campus wearing full dress and veil, looking for her, quote unquote, looking for her lost love. She usually comes on campus during the week of homecoming. Also, she has been seen specifically walking through Smith Hall, which is a freshman woman's hall of residence basically terrorizing those girls because that Jesus is Christ. where where that freshman girl that he went out with instead of her like was from. That's so scary and so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. So, um surprise bitch. I'm back. Oh. <laughs> um I have a bonus story. Bonus. So, these have all been really sad and depressing. So, I'm going to end with a really nice one to like start off your Valentine's Day. He's okay? like so valid. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so Valak is our Lord and Savior, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, bonus episode. It's called the Don Cesar Hotel. Ooh. Okay. So Thomas Rowe was an American studying in England when he met the Spanish opera singer, or a star, Lucienda, where he attended the opera Maritina, or Mara, Maritana? Yeah, Mar- Mar- Maritana. Maritana. <laughs> Mary titties. Mary the titties. Mary, the titties. Mary those goddamn titties. Mary those goddamn titties. <laughs> this is a real it's a real opera, so we'll say it one more time for reals, but then we'll call it Mary Titties. Yeah, it's called Mary those goddamn titties. That's the real <laughs> opera name. 
<laughs> so it's Mari Maritana. So Maritana. the opera is called Maritana, but it's like Mary those goddamn titties. It's Mary those goddamn titties. Okay, so Thomas Rowe, he's in England. He meets the Spanish opera star Lucienda when he attends the opera Maritana, Mary those goddamn fucking titties. Yeah, Mary those goddamn fucking titties. <laughs> so the pair quickly fell in love and affectionately referred to one another as Maritana Jeez. and Don Cesar. Those are two specific characters from this opera. Okay. Uh, uh, Mar- Maritana is a gypsy woman, and and then Don Cesar is the nobleman sentenced to death, Ooh. who basically defies all fate and all the odds, gets out of his death sentence, and then falls in love with the gypsy woman, Maritana, as she falls in love with him. Daddy. You know, basic, like, daddy opera shit going yeah, on. This yeah, this is dad opera. Oh, yeah. So, sadly, in re- IRL, in real life, Lucienda's parents forbid the relationship and so the couple meet in secret at a fountain nearby. This is still in England. So when the parents find out this happens, they take Lucienda away and they take her back to Spain where she's from. No! Yeah, it's really sad. I am into this love story. This should be a fucking movie. Yeah, so again, I said Thomas Rowe is an American, so he eventually himself, when he's done studying in England, he goes back to America. And he returns just like very heartbroken and he spends the rest of his life um, trying to reunite with Lucienda, but he can't due to, you know, unexplained reasons, due to life, basically. So countless love letters were sent to him or sent to her by him and they were also returned unopened. Oh, yeah, it's really sad. So in the end, um, the only communication he ever received was a news clipping of her death. That eventually was accompanied by a note addressed to, quote-unquote, my beloved Don Cesar. <gasps> Y'all, this is sad. Y'all, okay, <gasps> I was listening to, like, sad music as I was typing this, and I literally cried. So give me a second. Oh, so no, it is so said sad. that on her deathbed, on Lucienda's deathbed, she, writ- she wrote to him, my beloved Don Cesar. I'm- I might cry oh, my because God. I'm a little drunk. Time is infinite. I wait for you by our fountain. To share our timeless love. Our <gasps> destiny is time. <laughs> it's really sad. I'm going to get a tattooed on my it's fucking really asshole. Like, my God. Right? Okay. So, in 1925, Thomas Rowe went to Florida and spent three years there building a tribute to his long-lost love at the oh Don Cesar a Hotel in St. Pete Beach, Florida. The Don Cesar Hotel in, in Florida uh, has like a replica of a courtyard and a fountain that is the exact replica of the courtyard slash fountain oh. that Thomas and Lucienda rendezvoused in London. Oh, y'all got it. So sad. Say okay. it again, so, daddy. Since his passing, so he spent three years creating a statue of her, a statue replica of her at this fountain. Okay. <gasps> and so since his passing, staff and guests of the Don Cesar Hotel in Florida report sightings of a gentleman sporting an old-fashioned Panama hat and white summer suit strolling around the grounds. Yet when he's approached and talked to, he immediately disappears. At the same time, um, housekeepers and other people will hear doors um, door shutting, um, you know, opening, just like random basic poltergeist shit going yeah, like this. But then haunting. more than often, sitting at this fountain, talking to each other, you will see these two people, Lucienda... <gasps> 
and Thomas Rowe <gasps> talking to each other in like afterlife eternity, just oh. together again forever. Oh my god! Isn't that so this sad? Is the saddest. But <laughs> yeah. what a good happy ending, though. They're together. Yeah, to get, they're together. They're they're together. Together in, at last. in the afterlife. So that is my like happy ending special story. Too. Happy Valentine's Day. So happy fucking Valentine's Day. Damn, that's good. Find a find a lo- unrequited love, be separated, and then die. And I'll tell you for eternity. when I die, if I like go to some location where Jordan and I find like if I go to like the Moonrise Kingdom where Jordan yes. and I find special and yeah. if his ass isn't waiting there, I'd be like, you pissed. motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, you bitch. You fucking bitch. If Simone and Toulouse aren't waiting there, my fucking God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Corey, if you're not there, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> okay, so let's go into my true crime segment. So my entire segment is some foreplay for next week's episode. Today, I'm talking about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yes. So what this foreplay is all about, I will explain in about 45 seconds to three and a half minutes, depending how much drunk talk we do. Oh, speaking of, those fuckers are back. The small penis guys. Yeah, fuck them. So we're just going to ignore them. We're just going to continue it. Because you know what? We're strong, independent humans. We do not need... Subaru tiny dick fuckers. Yeah, we don't need big muff or small mufflers. Yeah. Not saying that everyone who drives a Subaru has a small dick because Corey and I both want I a want Subaru. I want a fucking Subaru. Yeah, cross track. That's like our know. dream car. Go it's down. those Subaru, like those. Or like a golf. It's like, you know, those Subaru cars where like people just or trick like a out. Like Mazda that you trick out. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Mazda that you trick out. It's like those Subaru Mazda mixers that you trick out and you like go to the gas stations or like in and outs to like show Because off your car. it's like still 2003 and you're watching Tokyo. Drift. no totally it's like right. it's that situation happening yeah. so anyway so i'm giving you some foreplay right now so some let's give you some background on the saint valentine's day massacre do it this is from 1924 to 1930s this is chicago and um, you know chicago it gained a widespread reputation for lawlessness and violence net violence lawlessness and violence prohibition was happening during this time I mean, a prohibition was ushered in by the passage of the 18th Amendment in Boo. 1920, Boo. and prohibition skyrocketed the earnings of America's gangsters through bootlegging and speakeasies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. as well as gambling and prostitution. But prohib- prohibition is what really brought organized crime from, you know, the shadows, like the alleys, to the main street. Yeah, into like pop culture and film. Exactly. Yeah. Like this, The my entire next story is what directly influenced Hollywood for all the gangster films. Yes. Goodfellas, yes. Scarface, yes. you name it. Like, it was influenced yeah. by what I'm going to talk about. So, um, you know, for an example for, for Prohibition, a drink before ho- Prohibition costed 15 cents, let's say. But after Prohibition, it jumped to 70 cents. So pro- Prohibition didn't stop people from drinking. People still bought alcohol. People are always going to drink, even if you just make it illegal. But now, suddenly, the supplier went from these legal distilleries to gangsters. So now all of these gangsters are getting alcohol or getting money and making all this profit off of a prohibition. So it was huge yeah. for gangsters and the revenue. So specifically in Chicago at this time, there were two main gangs, the North Side and the South Side. South Side, bitch. Literally. Now, it's important to note that the politicians and police during this time, in Chicago specifically, were easily corrupted during prohibition by the gangsters. Pretty much gangsters would pay pro would pay politicians and money and alcohol and prostitutes, you know, whatever 
wet their whistle. Um, but now, like, politicians are really straight. They don't accept money. They're, like, really, you know, they're for the people. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, they're not corrupted at all. Prohibition. Yeah, politicians <laughs> are not corrupt at all. <laughs> Definitely not. So gangsters, though, during this time would pay politicians and whatever wet their whistle, and they would, you know, they would ensure that they wouldn't get raided. They could control politics, all the good stuff. So now let's go into the north side and south side and south some side. more background. So the north side is where George Moran, he went by Bugs. So if I say Bugs, it means this motherfucker. He was a leader of the north side gang. They're like an Irish gang. Cool. Um, so he got the nickname Bugs because he was fucking crazy, super aggressive, super tough. He was like a nutso. That's cool. So yeah, go go Bugs, I guess. So the north side of Chicago, now this was densely populated and had a lot of wealth. It's specific to note that a lot of immigrants moved to the north side of Chicago because I watched a couple documentaries about this entire um, era, the entire era and like the gangsters and whatnot. And then they talked about how like the north side had like the Germans, you had the Irish people, you had like the big drinking immigrants. Okay, Not to wait. put like. Not to put, like, a stereotype on, like, a specific group, but, like, that's just... Okay. Every research I've done was, like... A north side, then. Like, oh, okay, the north side had, like, oh, like the wealthiest of the wealthiest and also the immigrants. So you had, like... The, the Germans, though. The Yeah, the Germans. Okay, and the, north side. And the Irish. So, like, yeah. Corey's probably north side I'm now. I'm north side, bitch. <laughs> so Corey's... His entire family is, like, Germany. Yeah, I'm a north side, bitch. They, like, rub their titties to Germany. Yeah, like, give me some snitchel. Snitchel, give me some Edelweiss. I'll rub that on my pussy. Meanwhile, I'm just a standard white American, so mm -hmm. I'm like, whatever, you throw at me. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Okay, so, but, you know, I'm mainly Croatian, though. That's, like, a big part of me. Ooh, so yeah. I will go off of that. So Croatian people have Italian food. Yeah, fuck yeah. Fun fact, actually, about my family in Croatia. Ooh. My family sold pizza on the black market because my family loves pizza so much. That's so fun. Isn't that fun? That's, like, my funnest family That's fact. That's true. It, this is like, like true genealogy science Genealogy. Fact. That's like what you want to figure out about your family. Yeah, my they family. They love pizza so much, they illegally sold it. Right? Because like <laughs> communism was so big in Croatia. My family's like, fuck you. I'm going to sell pizza on the black market. They're like, you might tell me what to do, but fuck you. That's, that's something to stand for. Pizza. <laughs> Literally. So like in my blood, it is pizza. My blood is 99% pizza. Pizza. So going back to Chicago gangs, Al Capone, all the good stuff. So um, so the Northside gang, now they controlled the German gang that Corey is now on yes, the side of. They controlled one of the largest illegal breweries in Chicago. Thank you. Now they were worth millions and millions and millions of dollars at this time. Same. Now the South Side, this is where Al Capone was the leader of the South Side gang. You will recognize him from literally any gangster film, My Spooky Scoop. You've heard Al Capone. Anyone has. If you're you born. If you haven't heard Al Capone, you're listening to this podcast. Like, why the fuck? That's the whole thing. Like, How? You're, you're, How? Like, your first words should have been Al Capone because yeah. he's so widely known. Right. So, um, now the reason why I said my podcast is foreplay for next week's is because the entire next week's episode is actually going to be on Al Capone. Yeah. Corey's going to talk about some supernatural aspects, and I'm talking about his life and what has happened because of Al Capone. So this is like the foreplay episode, just yeah. so you know. Um, mainly, like, I believe that Al Capone does deserve a full episode instead of a 10-minute background. Oh, yeah. So that's why we're, like, we're going to make him his whole thing. So unofficial joint podcast episode. Yeah, exactly. Unofficial joint podcast episode yeah. next week. And that's what Al Capone would want is unofficial. Yeah, exactly. So Al Capone's gang, which is the South Side, they focus on bootlegging, gambling, speakeasies, and prostitution. Now, his income from these activities, they're estimated 
at around $60 million a year, but during the peak was at around $100 million a year, which I mentioned during my spooky scoop. Damn. Now, over the years, Chicago or Capone took over most of Chicago's crime um, by ruthlessly gunning down his rivals. This is just standard gangster warfare. Like, oh, I disagree with you. You disagree with me. I'm going to shoot you down. <laughs> so Thanks. let's pause for a minute. So we're going to take a little, like, noted for Capone and Bugs's rivalry. We're going to go back in time to the beginning of Prohibition. So during the beginning of Prohibition, now this is, again, before Capone and Bugs were even in power. So this guy named Johnny Torrio, he went by Papa, Daddy. I'm going to call him Johnny Torrio or Daddy or Papa, whichever one suits. So he was the head of the Southside gang, which, to clarify, is the gang that Al Capone. Oh, hi, Toulouse. Boos is like, I'm Daddy. Which is the gang that Toulouse and Al Capone are a part of. So, um... Torrio, Papa, Johnny, Daddy, whatever, and Al Capone, they met with Chicago bootleggers to work out a system of territories. So this is, again, at the beginning of Prohibition. Because it was very important to all the gangsters at the time to set up these lines, just to set up all these basic rules to make sure that they were avoiding bloody turf battles and the gangsters were also able to pool their political power. Political power? Oh, shit, I'm drunk. You're good. We're good. Political power (laughs) and also their soldiers in the streets. So it was a way for them to meet together and be like, okay, this is happening. How can we split this up so it's even? And let's just all band together to try to, like, make as much money as we can. So we're gangsters. Let's do this. So Dean Dean O'Banion, who is the leader of the Northside gang, um, he was with his right-hand man, who was Bugs. So now you have Torrio, Southside. His right-hand man was Capone. And then you have Dean O'Brien, who was the north side. His right-hand man was Bugs, who I've already mentioned these two people. So O'Banion, now he lived with Torrio's deal for about three years. He was like, yeah, we'll set up these turf lines. We'll set up these rules, blah, blah, blah. Sure. For about three years. And then he was starting to become a little pissed about it because he was like, hmm, I'm not. I'm a gangster. I'm a little I greedy. I get more. Yeah. And he was pretty notorious for being very greedy. That was a characteristic of him. It was like, oh, O'Banion, greed. So the South Side, they started making a lot of money from a neighboring town from Chicago. It's called Cicero. Now, O'Banion, he wanted a cut of it. So Torian, he was like, okay, so O'Brien, I'm going to give you some beer rights. I'm going to give you a quarter interest in one of my casinos called The Ship. Or The Ship, not The Shaft, The Ship. Um, But O'Banion, he wasn't satisfied that Torio did. So he started convincing a number of his speakeasies to go to Cicero and uh, move their speakeasies there, open up speakeasies there to go to try. He was trying to go under Torio and be like, oh, you're giving me this much of Cicero. I'm going to open up a lot more than you realize. Interesting. Now, Torio tried to convince O'Banion to abandon his plan. And he was like, hey, yo, I'm going to give you some of my brothels as well. But O'Banion was really upset when Torio mentioned that because O'Banion was extremely against brothels. That was like his whole thing. And the North Side, like they were very anti-brothel, which was not normal. The North Side? Yeah, because most (sighs) gangs were very pro-brothel where they're like, yeah, we're going to fuck bitches. Like, fuck you. So now we have O'Banion. He's starting to go against Torio's back. He's like doing everything he can to kind of go against Torio because he's really greedy. He's just trying to find all the loopholes of trying to make a lot of money. Like, oh, Torio gave me, you know, this corner of Cicero Street. I'm going to take over the whole thing. Like those type of things. So as a fuck you to O'Banion, Torio began selling his whiskey in the north side. So he was like, I know what you're doing. Now as a fuck you to Torio's fuck you, 
O'Banion tried to tra- tried to frame Torio for murder, but mm. fucking failed. Whoa. So <laughs> now this brings us to the last straw. So the last straw was Torio, or the last straw for Torio was O'Banion's treachery in the Simon Brewery raid. Brewery raid. So both O'Banion and Torio held large stakes in the Sybin Brewery in Chicago. Sabin, Sybin, I don't know. Sure. I do not know how to pronounce it. It's fine. Suck dick, yeah. In the Suck Dick Brewery in Chicago. So in May 1924, O'Banion learned the police were planning to raid the brewery on a particular night. So he went up to Torio and he was like, hey, Torio, like, I'm just really tired of this gangster business. I want to share. I want to sell you my share of the brewery. So, like, Whoa. I'll sell it to you for, I don't know, half a million dollars, yeah. $500,000. And Toria was like, that's a pretty good deal. Like, you sure you want to get out? O'Bannon was like, yeah, I want to get out. Like, I'm just really done, man. Like, this gangster shit. Like, I'm old. I'm retiring. It's fine. So Torio sent O'Banion $500,000 and was like, yeah, let's fucking do this. Fuck yeah. And O'Banion was like, yeah, well, okay, let's just meet at the brewery on this date at this time. You bring your gangster companions and let's just finalize this. Like, all I need is your signature. It's all set up. Just sign it. You're good. Let's move on. So they met at this brewery to finalize everything. But that's when suddenly the police started raiding the brewery and they arrested O'Banion. They arrested Torio. They arrested a bunch of gangsters from both sides. So Banyan, he got off easily because unlike Torio, he had no prohibition-related arrests. Torio, however, he had a bail out himself and also six associates, and then he later faced court charges with the possibility of jail time. On top of that, O'Banion refused to return the money to Torio. So Torio was like, hey, I just got arrested. This is crazy. Give me my $500,000 back. O'Banion was like, no, fuck you. So Torio realized at this point that he's been double-crossed. Like, okay, O'Banion was obviously behind this. Um, Now he had lost the brewery. He had lost $500,000 in cash. He had been arrested. He had been humiliated and so on. And so the South Side, with Torio as a leader, they were fucking pissed. So with the help of some gang friends, they went into O'Banion's flower shop because, P.S., O'Banion was a florist by day and gangster by night. Oh, that's so cute. He, he has, that, well, kind that'd of. be me. He said, so whenever he, like, killed someone, he was like, hey, gangster that I, like, gang that I just killed your gangster from, it's 70, or it's $100 for the flowers, but for 70 more dollars, I'll include your gang member's body. So he was, like, fucking what rough. What the fuck? Damn, so, girl. Anyways, he's, like, at the flower shop, you know, mixing the other peonies and roses, and the Southside gang, under Torio's control, rolled up, and they killed O'Banion. They fucking assassinated his ass. So in retaliation for the assassination or murder of O'Banion, um, Northsiders, his name's Jaime Weiss or Hyman Weiss, um, Vincent Drucci and Bugs, who I've talked about. Yeah. They went and they saw, they went to Torrio's neighborhood and they shot him as he was returning to his apartment with his wife. Damn. He was shot in the jaw, the lungs, the groin, the leg, they just the abdomen. The three Northsiders then left the scene, but Torrio survived. So, Toria went into emergency surgery because of the utmost fuckery of the situation. He somehow recovered. The rifle recovered. He looked at Al Capone. He was like, you know what? I'm fucking done. Like, For real. You, here are the keys. Like, I'm moving back to Italy. And he moved back to Italy. And he quit the gang. So he then handed the leadership over to Capone. At this point, this is when Bugs took over the north side. 
So now this leads us up to what I was talking about before. So we have Al Capone, the leader of the South Side, versus George Bugs Mornin, or whatever his last name is. Um, he was running the North Side. So years have passed between now and the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And uh, the turf war, the rivalry, everything was just growing and just building on top of each other. Like their leaders got into the huge beef. Now it's, you know, the prohibition, the prostitution, this and that. You name it, it was just building on top of it. And it all came to a head on Valentine's Day in 1929. Bugs was running a bootlegging operations out of a garage on the north side of Chicago. On Valentine's Day, most of the north side gang had already arrived at the warehouse. This was around at 1030 in the morning. They arrived because they were going to discuss some gangster shit with Bugs. Uh, but Bugs was running late because he, like, woke up late or whatever. And he left his apartment Cause later. Drugs. Yeah, because, like, has, like, whatever. He's the, he's the gangster leader. I'm not going to be on time to our meeting if I'm the gangster he's leader. Gandalf. He can show up when he wants to. Yeah, exactly. So, um, as Bugs and one of his men, his name's Ted Newberry, not super important, but just I thought it was interesting. Um, now, they started driving. They were approaching up to the warehouse from the side street, and they saw a police car and some policemen approaching the building. So they turn around, and they're like, oh, we're just going to go to a coffee shop. Like, we're not over near the garage. <laughs> we're not gangsters. On the way to the coffee shop, they saw another gang homie. His name's Henry um, Geisenberg. They stopped Henry, and they're like, do not fucking go to the garage. There are some police there. Um, Willie Marks, who is also part of bugs's gang the north side gang he saw he spotted the police on his way to the garage he ducked into the doorway and jotted down the license plate number and he left the neighborhood so all these gangsters were still trying to get to the garage other than the seven that were already there but they're like including bugs who was the leader and they're like oh like run away keep it cool like don't draw attention to it we're gangsters they know better than to show up to a fucking scene so Witnesses outside of the garage saw a Cadillac sedan pull up to a stop in front of the garage. Four men, two dressed in police uniform, emerged and walked inside. The two fake police officers, carrying shotguns, entered the rear portion of the garage and found members of the Northside gang and two gang um, collaborators, so just two associates. Um, So the police officers then ordered the men to line up against the wall. Oh. The two police officers then signaled to the pair who weren't police officers who had accompanied them. So the two guys, so there's four guys, like I said, two in police uniforms, two not. So they like, they like stripped them down and then like put them against the wall. They were so clothed. So the two police are, officers. Are you, sure? you know, <laughs> maybe not. So the two police officers signaled to the two other guys that were with them. They're like, hey, come over here really quick. We want to like show you something. And then suddenly they opened, fired. With Thompson submachine guns Damn. on these seven guys who lined up against the Holy wall. Holy fuck. Now they were thorough. They sprayed their victims left to right, diagonal up and down, you Just name it, daddy. That crack, down all that, that cum shots all over the place. Yes. Even continuing to fire after all seven had hit the floor. Two yes. shotgun blasts afterward all but obliterated the face of most of the victims. Just, just cum shot that in the yeah, face. Yeah, so not just only bukkake that. did they, like, fucking bukkake these motherfuckers, <laughs> they went up and they, like, shot cum in their faces. Yes. So now, to give the appearance that everything was under the control, the two police officers walked behind the two guys that were dressed in, like, regular civilian clothes. I'm in it. I'm into it. And, like, the two civilian clothes guys had, like, their hands up, like, oh, yeah, we're under arrest. The police officers were like, yeah, get in the fucking car. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so the witnesses yes, are like, daddy. yeah, the witnesses are like, we saw these two police officers. We heard all the shooting. They walked out with two people who they're assuming. In reality, was... that'd be fucking crazy to those witnesses. No, right? Like, mine saw the bukkake. If I was a witness and I saw this bukkake like, gunshot thing, I'd be <laughs> like, what the, the hell? You're like, prohibition, damn. Right? I'm like, fuck, damn, gangsters. Let's calm down. It's just alcohol. Yeah, everyone calm the fuck down. So inside the garage, the only survivors in the warehouse were Highball, who was a dog. Oh, yay. That's, I knew you would love that that's part. That's real. That should, be, that should be the only survivor. So Highball was a the dog. only survivor, plus a human being, Frank yeah. Geisenberg. But fuck you, Frank. It should just be Highball. Well, like, Frank, you're cool, I guess. So let's go through the victims of the seven people who were killed in the massacre. Mm -hmm. So the gangsters who were killed. The first one is Peter Gusenberg. He is a frontline enforcer of the Northside organization, the gang. The next victim is Frank, the guy we've been talking about. He was the brother of of Peter. He survived for a bit, then died. Didn't tell the police shit. Good job, dude. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Snitches get stitches. So good good job, Frank. The next one is Albert... Kuchelik, he went by James James Clark, which is the white the whitest name I've ever yeah, heard in my life. No, good job. James you chose Clark. the whitest white name. Nobody yeah, he was like, suspect. my name's Dave Jones. Like yeah, James like, Clark is equivalent to James. Good Jones. job, dude. <laughs> so good he alias. was the second in command of the gang. What? So he was like the he was high up, high up. He was high. Yeah, he is like the Simone to the Simone Toulouse, oh, or the Simone. Toulouse to the Toulouse and Simone, whichever you are. Um, next one is Adam Heyer. He was a bookkeeper and business manager for the gang. The next one is Reinhardt Schwimmer. He was an associate of the gang. And then there was Albert Weinsch- Weinshank. He Weinstein? Was Weinshank. Harvey Weinstein. Fuck him. He was an associate of the gang. And the final person was John May, who was the car mechanic of the gang. He got, he got killed? Yes. Now, now John May. John May was the owner of the dog that lived. So at least the dog lived. No, it's everyone. Own a dog, you and survive. Yeah, own a dog, you might die, but the dog will survive. So police could only find a few eyewitnesses, but eventually concluded the gunmen dressed as police officers. They entered the garage and pretended to be arresting the men. Obviously, that's crazy. Um, now through bugs and others, um, they pretty much immediately blamed the massacre on Capone's gang. But Al Capone was like, I was home and my I was at home in Florida. Like a time. fucking criminal mastermind. Yeah, like Fuck I was yeah, in Florida bitch. the whole time. Like you can't prove it was me. Yeah, girl. And they're right, because no one was ever brought to trial for the murders. Damn. There were multiple suspects. For seven murders? Yeah. Multiple suspects. Because, you know, there are four men that kill seven people. Yeah. Multiple suspects of who actually pulled the trigger. But nobody was tried. But no one was ever tried. Now, because this was strictly gang business. And that's what kind of shows you it should kind of give you an insight to this case is as much as the police were involved with the case or whatever like this is strictly gang business like you're not part of the gang then fuck off yeah fuck you police yeah exactly Nobody needs to try anybody okay so the massacre effectively left the gang war um between al capone and bugs moran in a stalemate um now the massacre resulted in a federal crackdown on all gang activity in chicago that eventually led to the downfall of both bugs and al capone um, however, Bugs did eventually figure out who the gunmen in the massacre were, and he killed them, you know, through f- some gangster knowledge, yeah. interbase shit. Now, some fun facts about this case. Um, so there is a mob museum in Las Vegas, and in this mob museum in Las Vegas, which Corey and I should go to because we only live like six hours away yeah, from it, right? 
um, the bricks from the garage where this massacre happened are actually there. That's cool. And these bricks, the holes there's like them? the bullet holes and the blood stains yes. and all that. So oh, if we blood. went, if we go to the mommy's dam, which we should, we can actually see the bullet holes and whatnot. So I have a bunch of pictures of Al Capone, of Bugs, all like Tor- Torio, O'Brannon, the gangsters, the garage, everything that I'm going to post in episode highlights. But that is the St. Valentine's Day gangster motherfucking massacre. Damn. And now, like I said, that is the foreplay for next week's you episode. You have been thoroughly foreplayed. You have been th- You should be wet right now. <laughs> you should be like soaking wet or like super hard. Yeah. Because next week's episode, you're going to just orgasm so hard all over yeah. the place. You've been foreplayed the fuck over. You've been foreplayed, bitches. So that being said, I guess with all that foreplay action, yeah. my question to you guys and to Corey and to Toulouse and Simone. Ask me. And Al Capone. Say it. Anyways, how's your sex life? I'm Jonah. Corey's fucked up. I'm fucked up. Let me get closer to the mic again. Corey's been like three feet away from the mic for like the past 35 minutes. I know, I was like... I like that. Corey's like in my like three rooms down, I being know. like, "Well, Jenna." I'm like, I'm like in the parking garage with the big dick guys. You are the, the guys revving the engine. I'm like, I'm like, hey. <laughs> You're like so shocking. So did I mention I have a big dick? <laughs> like, my name's Corey. I have a big dick. Has What's my sex life? What's going on? I haven't Again, seen you like all week. I barely seen you. What's going on? So no, seriously, like y'all, it's it's January, it's February, it's cold. Mm-hmm. We just like not even random grinder sex this week. Just like dicks are small, titties are hard. Just it's like cold. Pornhub and loneliness because Aww. it's fucking February. It's cold, y'all. It's true. It's only like February 9th. I it's only cold have, as hell. and it got cold as fucking hell. It did. Yeah, it was crazy this like, week. Like nothing as bad as everybody in the Arctic zone fuckery. But like, or like in New York, like, like how Chicago this week got to like damn. negative thirty. Or yeah, whatever. like Jesus fucking Christ! I apologize for y'all's existence because that was so fucking cold. But yeah, just like school, work, work out. That's it. That's it. That's life. Damn. Yeah, and then just like watching movies, and and then Game of Thrones. Oh, how where, where are, are you at? We? In Game where of are Thrones? we? Okay, we're uh we're in the mid season five. Okay, that's where I am. So don't oh, say anything. Yay. Shut your whore mouth. Shut my whore mouth. Because okay. I don't know where you are. I don't know where I am. Okay, so okay. So like, oh my God, I'm just so excited. I love Game of Thrones. It's my life. That's like the only joy in my life. I go and I do work and then I go and I go do. Yeah, no. I could like, if I stripped that song, Jordan would fuck me harder than he's ever fucked me before. Oh my God. I just want Rob Stark to just like fucking ass i want rob stark and like Jon snow to like bukkake see me. for me Jon snow just doesn't do it he's too like pretty boy for me it doesn't do it but like rob stark and Jon snow are probably arguably okay. the most hottest guys in agreed you can i objective like objectively i would say yes yeah and like, khaleesi's obviously the hottest okay one yeah khaleesi's fucking hot i mean um, she could squirt in my mouth i'd be like Fine. I'd be like, I don't know. I'm like, well, I'm no, gonna no, no. lick that bitch. No, up. so objectively, the two hottest men in this game, in this whole game, this whole Game of Thrones. Yeah, Rob whole... Stark, but Rob Stark's dead, so we won't count him anymore. Spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's season fucking three. That happened in 2003, 2013. 2003. It's been more than five years, so that's over. So let's fucking suck your dick. Was, two, was okay? season three in 2013? It, it uh, the year goes with the the season. Yeah, HBO. Yeah, I've been watching it. The oh. year goes with the season. I didn't know that. Yeah. So. Um, it's been more than gaps. five years. Yeah. So oh, I think in the later seasons, like 2000s or like 
season six and seven, they've been a little bit later, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, the first five seasons go with the year. I guess I'm just surprised that during 46, well, because Game of Thrones right? really wasn't big until, drugs until are, 2015. Drugs are a hell of a drug. Drugs? Because, like, Courtney and I were so <laughs> fucked up for two years. Game of Thrones, I didn't even know existed no, until, like, 2015. No, literally, y'all, like, I, when I go back and look at seasons of other episodes, I, like, <laughs> I, like, pinpoint them in my mind, like, pre-486 and post-486, because I'm, like... Oh yeah, I missed like two two years of of shows because we were doing acid. Because <laughs> we were just watching American Horror Story and repeat. Like that's all we were doing. We're literally, right. we're like playing playing random as or watching watching, watching Bakes play video yes. games. Yes. Uh, watching American Horror Story and doing acid. Like that was our <laughs> life for, for like a year and a half. Like I don't smoking weed. This is like when Simone and Tillis were even first born. Like mm-hmm. I barely met them. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy. So but, Corey's watching Game of Thrones right now. Yeah. So like, other than I would say taking Rob Stark out of the picture because he's out of the picture. Rob Stark is the hottest guy. Just like look at his fucking he's hot ass guy. warrior body. And for those of y'all who are not informed about bodies, a warrior body means like lean but muscular. He. So was... you're not like a beefcake, muscular beefcake that are like, what we would say, uh, like superhero bo- superhero bodies they're a little bit more lean but they're muscular he's that's a warrior hot. body that's he's rob hot. stark he's okay. the hottest person game of thrones yeah so taking him out oh, i would say goodness. the hottest are jahora or oh, yeah. jora i don't know how to say that Whatever. jora jora Wait, yeah khaleesi is like right hand man yeah, it's jora right hand man yeah. jora yeah and then second is well probably before jora jora's it's hot. jora it's not jahora it's jora I'm so glad you agree with me because I try to I talk just, to people about how hot so he is. Fucking hot. He, if he threw me on the ground and oh was like, I'm going to fuck you, I'd be like, looked yes, into my, mind, fuck in my me. face and he was like, I believe in you. I'm oh. like, God damn, you can do anything you want right now. Like, just, he like, could, like, it. murder me and I'd be fine with it. Yeah, just, like, shit on my face. Like, I'm going <laughs> to scatter now. <laughs> so, breaking news, Corey's in the sky. <laughs> like, if Dora was a real man, just, like, beliefs and convictions and looks <laughs> and just like sword fighting uh, like, yeah sword whoa, fighting. no winky no double winky. chandras there but like <laughs> sword fighting minus the dicks just like skills like i'd be a scatter if jorah was a scatter <laughs> i'm a fucking scatter <laughs> See, I i'm a fucking it... furry scatter <laughs> <laughs> you're like a furry scatter sex queen like yeah. extraordinary oh my god if, if jorah was a real man oh my god <laughs> he's Anyways, the he's the hottest it's one. him and then it's rob stark um, what's his well, well other than but taking rob stark out of the picture he's dead um oh, what is it H- the other khaleesi assistant oh who's on ha- haunting of hill house yes like god mother but I think the OG guy, guy did a better so... job because they replaced no. the actor. No, he's yes. not. He's, he's such not a hotty bitch. I hate him. That's the whole thing. The new guy is hotter well, and he's okay. better. It doesn't matter. Take a part, Take away the looks of the situation because I agree. The new guy's way hotter like by a hundred times. He's a better actor too. I think the OG guy just did. No. I don't he know. He looked like an elven bitch ass cunt. I can't. I can't. I, just I don't like him. It, like his. I didn't like him either. But I think like I don't know. I didn't read the books. I'm. I'm not into as Game of Thrones. That's as I was. true. That's true. But like I feel like he did a better job capturing the type of character that he is. Because he's like not necessarily nice. Not necessarily mean. He's like supposed to be tempting for Khaleesi, but he's not supposed to be like okay straight up haughty. Behind the scenes, I'll admit you're right, but I'm not admitting you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I. I Really, I do agree. I do. I do wish that guy was a teeny bit of a better actor. Yeah. But he's so hot. 
and he's on Haunting a Hill House. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Speaking of Haunting Hill House, you know the God girl that pay that played the um the youngest the, daughter that kills herself. Yeah. Yeah. She is going to be the next main star in You. Yeah. Which is the new Netflix show that everyone's uh-huh, talking about. Yeah. Which I'm super excited. Exciting. Anyways, regardless, of everyone <laughs> who dies, the same Rob Stark is the hottest person in Game of Thrones, hands down. End of story. <laughs> Jon Snow is probably second. Uh, I, I agree. Supposed- He's so fucking like if 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 he did anything, I'd be like, yes, we can have sex. But I for something about him does not make him a hot guy. I agree. A hotter, Rob hot, Stark. Hot guy. Rob Stark Rob, could literally God do whatever he damn. wanted to me. When he gets angry in oh. the episodes, he gets mad. I'm like, oh, or when he's like damn. wearing the fur near the fire. I'm like, I'm vegan, but I don't give a fuck. I'm like, 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 just fucking <laughs> choke me the fuck out. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, right? When he gets mad, I'm like, God damn. I look at Chris and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. It's so hot. Chris is like, Yay, gay. <laughs> Corey's like violently masturbating or like dripping sweat. So that's Corey's sex life. <laughs> that's my sex life. Watching Rob Stark yell at people <laughs> and Jorah and whatever his name is be hot. Ugh, God. God damn. So my sex life, let's see. So actually very exciting news. So tomorrow is Jordan and I's oh, yes. one year fuck anniversary. Ba- ba- so ba- one year ago tomorrow, we plowed violently on Corey's couch in his living room. Which I didn't know for like two months. It's true. I kept it a secret because like we just didn't know what I was, too, going, was going. We just didn't know. <laughs> we just didn't know what we wanted to tell people what was going on. And then like we both started catching feels. And I was like, I have to tell my best friend Corey because like I don't know. This is becoming something realer than like a you know casual fuck. Wait. Because they were, like, enemies for, like, what, six months? Yeah, Jordan and I yeah. fucking hate each other. So there was a lot so of friend drama. that first sex must have been fucking hot. So the first sex was, for the first sex was like, emotional, angry, hot. Yeah. Were there were like, sex hormones. Like, reconciled there was like hate hormones. Sex. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. oh, we've been so angry at each other for six yeah. months, but we finally forg- forgave each other, like... Yeah, that, like ball that pussy slappy. and that dick was just like, mm. It was like, I, okay, my lips were swollen for two days. Yeah, And I mean my vagina and my mouth lips. Get like it. were just swollen. Because yes. I was All so. All four. All fun. four lips. Yeah. Yeah. So tomorrow's our one year fuck anniversary. So we're going to we're gonna recreate that night. Yeah. So we're going to go to Chipotle and like he's going to eat burrito. I'm going to have a coffee. Because at that Shit. time in my life, I only ate lettuce and coffee. Damn. So going back to that. And then um, we are going – I'm getting him, like, a bottle of rosé champagne. I'm yeah. going to drink vodka with cranberry juice. And we're going to get, like, fucked up. He's going to eat an edible off my titties. And oh, we're gonna cute. fuck wildly on the couch. And then Dude, That'd be fun. Cuddling. I haven't, like, had sex with a significant other high. We have. It's fun. I haven't done that. You you, you really were coming cool. up on acid with Casey. Yeah, but, like, I was the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> so, like, total drug is <laughs> <laughs> That was five years ago. That was an isolated (laughs) incident. I was coming up on acid. Okay. I totally forgot about that until you even mentioned that. I remember everything. I'm like, y'all, drugs are not our lives anymore. It's not. We were five years ago. Um, You know, I'm sure Jordan and I have fucked Stone. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, that would be really. That'd be a cool. That'd like really be an interesting and beautiful thing to do. That's also kind of with somebody that you already love. Yeah. Like, yeah. without drugs. Like, the drugs aren't what make it, but, like, if you've already made it yeah, and you're then not you do Molly. it with drugs, yeah. that would be cool. Yeah, it's, like, post or, like, pre-drugs, you still loved each other. Yeah. Post-drugs, you still loved each other. Like, yeah. drugs aren't a thing, but then you do them just to have fun. Yeah. Well, and they just, like, heighten it in some weird well, way. Well, we've had sex cool. on Molly. 
That was great. We've had sex. We've not had Molly's sex on acid. Great. We've not had sex on. I. We must have had sex on weed. I just there's not a specific memory that comes to mind. Yeah. Well, tomorrow will be that specific. Memory. Tomorrow. Well, I mean, I guess the first time we banged, we were crossfaded. But I'm just talking about like an isolated, just weed, no alcohol incident. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I think like every sex with Jordan is wonderful and it's great. So tomorrow's a anniversary, so we're gonna be banging all night. So do not call me. Do not yes. text me what am I if doing you want to reach Saturday? me. You're not doing me. I'm working and writing. We're good. And I'm working and writing Jordan's penis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with your tongue. Lavia. Ah, ah, Wait, la- labia? Lavia. Labia. Labia? Yes. Fuck! <laughs> such a fucking queer. You're such a goddamn gay man. It's labia, you bitch. Labia. Sorry. Sorry. So we're going to be working women. each other's balls on labia tomorrow. So that's my sex life. It's been pretty great. But um, our biggest question to you guys Dang. is... Anyways, How's your sex life. Life.